This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brewers. Here we are. We're, I'm back. I'm back from the dead. You are alive. <laughs> Ryan and I didn't know what to expect. Um, we thought we were never. Contrary to again. popular belief, I, I did not have coronavirus. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend listened to the episode and said, you have coronavirus, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Question mark? I don't, Michaela. Trying to help your relationship. I do not. No. (laughs) But uh, I'm back. The doctors told me I'm in impeccable shape and to drink more beer. It was really weird. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. I paid him all in cash, too. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what happened, but. Uh, I can drink all the beer. This great. is great. This is great. Um, but you guys <laughs> kicked butt last week. Awesome episode. Oh, thanks. Woo. Makes me just feel like I can retire. It's awesome. You can. It's all right. Um, I'll miss you. And Please don't retire. I'm very excited for today's episode. Yeah. Um, because I'm very passionate about kind of going green. I grow a lot of my own vegetables. Um, I compost a lot. And I, I'm very passionate about recycling. I know you yeah. guys are as well. So... Um, we tried to do this episode a couple years ago, and it it just wasn't on our own. On our own, it wasn't mm-hmm. something that we felt like we weren't just using the Google machine and coming out with like <laughs> some some research. So, yeah. um, what we did is we decided to get someone who's, I think, an expert in the field. Expert in the field, <laughs> yeah. And um, not only just an expert in the environmentally conscious field of beer and brewing and consumer. Um, consumption, but also I would say like one of the leading people in Massachusetts knowing everything about beer. I mean, I, I think everything we share, I think Mass. we share their page pretty much <laughs> exclusively at this point because and once a week. Or um, so. <laughs> and if you don't know by that intro, we're here with uh, one half of the Mass Brew Bros. Rob, thanks for taking some time out of your day to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, before I mean, we gave you kind of a broken intro, but what's the Mass Brews Bros? What are the Mass Brew Bros all about, and what's your role, I guess, in the Mass Brew Bros? Yeah, thanks. So, um, so I'm Rob. I'm co-founder of the Mass Brew Bros. Uh, the other Brew Bro is Bob. And no, we're not actually really brothers. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people actually ask us that, but it's like. Rob and Bob, I'm not sure. That yeah. would make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, your parents would have been, You'd that would be have been interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, going back, I don't know, a decade or more, Bob and I were kind of into craft beer before it was really becoming a bigger, trendier sort of thing. You guys said it best today, before it was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And we would uh, check out the few breweries that we were back in those days. And we were also basketball coaches, so... On Friday nights in particular, we would get together with a bunch of other basketball coach friends of ours after our games and commiserate or boast about whatever <laughs> happened. And we'd do that over some cool craft beers at different places. Nice. Um, fast forward several years later, it started to pick up and take off a bit. The whole tap room thing started up where you could actually go to tap rooms and get a beer, not just a brew pub. So we started doing a lot of touring there, checking out all the different festivals. We caught wind of the Mass Brewers Guild little passport thing, which had at the time, I think it was 44 breweries in Massachusetts. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what yeah. are we at now? It's 202 Holy as of right now. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, so we just kind of went off with that passport in hand and over the course of the year visited every brewery and had a really, really fun time. We started up a Twitter account first because I was kind of familiar with that 
platform from other things I had been doing. Uh, it sort of started to take off a bit, and we were just like, hey, there's 10 people following us, and they kind of care what we're doing. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. And it just sort of grew from there. We realized that there was a need for some real resources, so we started uh, the website with the maps of all the breweries, because at that time, again, it was mostly word of mouth. It's like, oh, I didn't even know there was a brewery in Lee, Mass, or whatever, and you'd be out there visiting different breweries and find stuff out. So we figured people would be interested in that, and then we started up the blog, and then we started up a Facebook page, then we started an Instagram account, and here we are several years later with, um, you know, just a lot of beer stuff going on, and we had really, really good timing i think so we were able to build a good audience because of that i can actually attest to your brew map helping a friend who is up here from colorado who said i tried to use yelp to find breweries in the area it was and and i was like oh man why did you do that and i I literally sent them to your website and just big heart emoji thank you so much this is so much easier so it does work yeah it's awesome yeah thanks and you guys are now doing events as well Yeah, so um, in the recent sort of six months or so, we've had a really interesting sort of um, place where Bob and I are at. Bob wants to make a little bit of a go at this in terms of actually doing ticketed events and see if he can sort of make a living in some sense. Yeah. I'm a teacher. I'm not going to walk away from a pension, so I got to stick it out. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) I I, I get that. Yeah. So he's going to take that side of things. I'm there to support him, but um, it's really his, his ball baby. game in that sense now. Yeah. Uh, he's got a really cool, awesome, fun event coming up that we thought would be really successful and, and popular, and it seems like it is the Blind Beer Fest. Yeah. It's coming up really in excited to a couple of weeks, see I guess. See how that turns out. Mm. Yeah, and recently I've started taking some coursework over at the Harvard Extension School on environmental sustainability And so I'm kind of headed in that direction a little bit more where I've actually started up my own little separate sort of entity from Brew Bros called Eco-Friendly Beer Drinker. And I'm going to try to pursue, I think, more of an international sort of audience and talk a lot more about what's going on worldwide with breweries and their sustainability efforts and trends and things in the industry. We're still going to be Brew Bros together. We're still going to hang out, have fun, and, and do things, but... It's going to be two sort of separate tracks that I think will be hopefully really cool and fun for both of us. Mm. Awesome. From when you guys first started, um, I mean, what drew you guys to craft beer and not just going to, you know, one of the many bars that are around the area? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think I've always been one who just sort of liked smaller local kinds of things. And um, at the time, there was a brewery called Brew Moon. Back in the oh, day. Yeah, on Saugus and Route 1. Yeah, and then hmm. there was another one down on the South Shore, and then there was Rock Bottom opened in the South Shore near the South Shore Plaza. And I was like, hey, this is really cool. They brew the beer right here on hmm. the premises. Let's go there. And that's where we would meet on those Friday nights with those, you know, beer meetings with uh, other coaches. And from there, it just kind of took off, took off. And I think it was a community kind of thing that we sort of noticed. It just seemed like more welcoming, fun space. There was just something about uh, people that were there, the brewers that were there, that was really different from, I don't know, just your everyday regular beer bars or restaurants. And so that's kind of what drew us to it. And then when we started going to festivals and things, same idea. It was just really, really fun. There'd be a brewer actually sitting there pouring the beer for you, telling you about it. And we thought that was really cool. So Yeah, festivals have kind of 
deviated from that at this point now. It's crazy to it's think insane. just five years ago yeah. what festivals were and what they've become now. But um, yeah, I kind of get it in retrospect. Yeah. I don't think we saw it at the time changing that fast or whatever, but it is pretty fascinating. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, we ask our our guests actually this question, and I think it's it would be a cool it's question. Our favorite yes, question. is uh, <laughs> what was your first memory of of beer? It doesn't have to be craft beer, but. Yeah, all right. If I go way, way back in the day before I was of age, um, <laughs> my dad was from Michigan originally, so he used to drink Stroh's, which in theory I think is kind of craft beerish because it wasn't like Bud Miller or Coors. It was like the brewery that was in Michigan at the time that was making the, I guess, local beer. and So that was my first introduction. And then later on, I guess after college, after drinking a lot of Keystone Light and <laughs> yep. the other garbage. Um, it was just local stuff. Like I would found out about Cambridge Brewing Company and I thought that was cool. And like I had said, Rock Bottom and Brew Moon and just some of these other beers that are out there. Allagash White was a really early on beer that I thoroughly enjoyed. And, um, Brookshire Brewing Company's Steel Rail Paleo was like, yep. those were like for me bridge beers where I was like, hey, this stuff actually tastes like some paste like, <laughs> it's pretty it's just good water yeah. crazy <laughs> um in your opinion you, you mentioned brew moon and, and they closed pretty early on why are breweries going to survive while the brew pubs didn't back in the you know the early 2000s yeah so there was a really interesting time i wasn't savvy enough to understand at all what was going on from that perspective back then but from what i've seen heard and read um Things were starting to grow pretty fast then. A lot of people got ahead of the game in terms of anticipating that everybody was going to switch over to craft beer all of a sudden. And I think a lot of um, venture capital sort of got into the game. And so people made some sort of mistakes. And Investment-wise? Yeah, 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 plenty of breweries survived, but a lot of the breweries didn't, especially it seems like from what the old-timers tell me is that it was the breweries where, you know, they were in it for money. It was people behind the scenes calling the shots and the person making the beer was just a hired hand or an employee and it just wasn't a good recipe. And it's interesting because a lot of people are talking about bubble now. I don't see it at all being the same as back then. There is definitely probably some money now coming in too and I think there may be some financial mistakes but I don't think that there's going to be any contraction at all. We're, we're not going down to 150 or something at, at mm. any point. We're going to go past 200 and keep going past 200, but we're going to have changes. Yeah. We anticipate as many as, I think it was 48 breweries we came up with and counted and like confirmed could open this year. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they will, but... Yeah, well over half of them will. Yep. Maybe not all of them. It's really hard to tell sometimes. Two years ago, we predicted it, and like almost everybody opened. Last year, uh, a little more than half of the number of breweries we predicted open opened. And But there'll be a lot of breweries that will close this year, too. But I'm not sure it's a bubble. I think it's just different business models and different business plans. Some are going to work and some aren't. And it's really, really competitive now, admittedly, so... If you're getting market share now, more than likely you're getting it from somebody else, another brewery here in Massachusetts or in New England. So that's where it's going to get a little bit tougher. I mean, how much do you need to grow 
to have your business be sustainable for you, right? I mean, that's an interesting different thing. Different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, a topic for a different podcast. But, yeah. But we, um, before we get too far into the meat potatoes of it, you said you were taking some courses at Harvard Extension. Um, what got you passionate about um, sustainability? I mean, I think anyone who doesn't have that passion is kind of crazy. Of times, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's just, <laughs> what, what got you thinking towards that? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I mean, I'm a health teacher, so I'm just always sort of thinking about that. I love the outdoors. I have a dog. I mean, typical things that a lot of people who would consider themselves to be environmentally conscious are. But I'm also a super curious person who realizes how dumb he is. So I therefore (laughs) always want to learn. And I'm lucky enough to live in a place where I can go to Harvard without having to like actually be smart enough to get into the (laughs) undergrad and can afford it because the extension school is a pretty amazing thing. It's, it's pretty affordable, free and open to anyone. And they have some amazing things going on there. So I was like, yeah, let me take this course because I care, like you were saying about recycling and I'm a gardener as well. And I love the beach. And, you know, you see these memes and things on Facebook or whatever and you're like, what the hell is going on? Is this yeah. true? I mean, what's really happening? Mm. So that's kind of what really spurred me on to, to do the coursework there. Yeah. Okay. And then I think you and I were talking earlier, you kind of had a plan for yourself this year about like not um, buying cans and things. Yeah. So I have, I have a sort of an extreme personality <laughs> since I love challenges. Yep. And so I'm willing to engage and take on these sort of silly challenges that people around me are like, oh, my God, why are you doing that? Now we can't <laughs> go to this pain. place. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I said, well, I should do something with the sort of knowledge I have. Yeah. And we have, we're, again, we're very fortunate. We had great timing. So Mass Brew Rose has a really good following now. And I'm like, so I should share this stuff with this following. And craft beer is the following. So... Let me dig into that part of the environment and see what's happening there and share that. So I decided to help raise awareness that for this whole year, 2020, I would go um, craft beer waste free. So zero craft beer waste, meaning I don't, I'm not going to have anything that has to go in the garbage can or the recycling bin. So okay. I can go to a brewery and drink their beer on draft. Uh, or if it's a draft beer at a restaurant or bar, that's cool. I can do a refillable growler from a brewery, like I yep. did today. I grabbed some stuff from Trillium, but that's it. No cans, no bottles. I probably am not going to be able to go to too many, if any, beer gardens this summer either right. because they have the, the plastic classic, yeah. cups. And yeah. So it's a sacrifice, but it'll keep me really thinking it, walking the walk, not just being a talking head yeah. saying, you should do this, you should do that. Mm. I'm actually doing it. It'll... Help me to do some cool social media posts, I think, that'll just get some people thinking a little bit. Yeah. Do they think they would allow you to bring your own glass at some point? Or own, like, tin glass or something? It's a great question. So I did this actually last year for just a month, just the month of June. And um, it was surprisingly, sort of shockingly difficult. Mm-hmm. M- many places just flat out said, no, we can't do it. Yeah. And there were a couple of interesting reasons. Some people were talking about board of health type things other people were talking about the different types of pouring systems that they have yeah where sometimes you have to touch the cup to the thing in order to keep it from getting too foamy so okay. there was always a story behind whether why they couldn't do it 
I did convince a couple of places to let me do it with, um, like I had a hydro flask pint, right? Pint cup, something like with like number inside, twelve ounce or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I got two places to let me use that, but I had to get sort of special permission ahead of time, and again. Just being lucky enough that I right. know, hey, Adam from Castle Island, <laughs> yeah, yeah. founder, yeah, yeah. hey, it's, buddy, you mind if I get a favor from you? And it's kind of the luxury <laughs> of being in like the business, you know, it's like yeah, being the in layman the may not, right. yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Sadly, most people aren't gonna be able to just walk up with their hydro flask, walk in, and be able to get it filled. You yeah. probably have to get permission, so okay. Interesting, so it's a great idea, though, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't know, somebody maybe somebody's gonna. Think about doing it if they can, because it's a really right. cool idea. You it could is. sell, you could sell some inexpensive sort of branded things if you really yeah. wanted to get some mileage on that kind of a social media poster or get yeah. someone to do a story about it or something. Right. You know, I've always wondered that Remnant has that awesome cup I was that I say, have. Yeah. They more of those, and they tin. won't let me fill it there. I'm like, but you sell it, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, right. that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, who's making more of an environmental impact? Consumers or breweries? Negative first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great question. So brewing, the brewing industry is relatively energy intensive compared to a lot of other industries. Um, that said, the consumers are driving a lot of what breweries are doing in terms of paying the bills and sales especially cans and to-go beer and um, even the packaging of the the cans and to-go beer that's really consumer driven to some extent so it's it's hard to say I mean that's a it's a great question I'm gonna dig in more and more on this by the end of the year I hope to have like a really good sell yeah, yeah. on kind that, of a vicious cycle though yeah right I mean because the more For sales sure. are cons- yeah. are demand they're gonna have to do more right. yeah yeah if I can throw in a little third wild card area, it might be social media too because everybody my, ourselves included are like taking pictures of everything we're drinking can art's so cool and yeah yeah that yeah, yeah for sure that is sure. a factor yeah we're gonna just take a quick pause to have our sponsors acknowledged during this episode and uh, i think we're gonna fill up on another beer so yeah we'll be right back Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to ShirtsOnTap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? 
everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. All right, so we're back. Um, and I'm sure you guys are all curious of what we're drinking. Um, <laughs> but Rob does truthfully practice what he preaches. We are drinking straight from a, a growler. Um, I said growler almost. Yeah, you almost did that again. I know. <laughs> second time. Um, we're drinking a farmhouse ale from uh, Trillium. It's and solid. We're lucky because it's Trillium good. is literally like... A hop skipping away and a yeah, rock. Yeah, maybe, maybe you have to throw a rock yeah. too, but... Yeah. <laughs> And kudos to Trillium, too, for being one of the bigger, more notable breweries that's still offering growlers when they certainly don't have to. They're not making any money on growlers these days. They're selling so many beers and cans and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they still do it, which is great because not everybody is still doing yeah. growlers. It's it's funny you bring up money. Um, being more Sometimes being more uh, environmentally conscious is more expensive. And in an industry where margins can be tight and starting a brewery is not cheap, not cheap. (laughs) Um, Is it sometimes easier to not be environmentally conscious? I think when you're new. uh, Yeah, I think there are little things that anybody can do regardless of your size. But to be sure, um, the bigger breweries that have more money can do more meaningful and bigger things because they can afford to do it. Mm. So, I mean, um, Treehouse, for example, just recently has this whole new state-of-the-art amazing wastewater treatment situation that's also going to recapture some of the carbon and they're going to get 40% of their energy out of it within the next year or so. That's awesome. Aiming for 100% of their energy. Eventually, nobody can really afford to do that if they're not selling a lot of beer and making a pretty fair yeah. amount of cash. So yep. that kind of stuff is hard to match. But, you know, packaging your beer, which I assume we'll talk about at some point, is mm. a relatively easy thing to think about and to do for almost anybody. Yep. And sometimes yeah. that's actually even easier for the mm-hmm. smaller to, for the smaller guys to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's a... No, so as a smaller brewery, what can they do, you think? So, yeah, I mean... I think packaging seems like a kind of an obvious and easy thing to do. So how are you selling your beer, first off? Most people, if they're going to sell to go beer these days, are probably selling in cans. Yeah. So thinking about are you going to use the plastic can carriers or... The pack techs. Yeah, there's actually a couple of other things Brands. that are out there, but pack tech is probably 95% of the breweries in the country are probably using pack tech at this point. Um so, I mean, that's kind of an easy one to think about. I mean, if you're a smaller brewery, you could make the switch over, and a number of breweries have in the last month or so. The cardboard ones? Or? Yeah, so there's a couple different products yeah. out there. There are cardboard carriers, but there's also something that are called Eco Rings, and these are mm-hmm. the ones that are made by this startup company um, called E6PR, and this is a fully biodegradable and compostable product that's made from um, plant byproducts. So that one is much, I mean, nothing could be worse in terms of biodegradability or anything than plastic. It just doesn't really do that. It's always going to be plastic. (laughs) Yeah. And we could talk hours about that kind of stuff, but, um, so that's one change. Another change, honestly, and there's not too many people doing it or thinking about it yet would be just don't really do a lot of packaging Mm -hmm. or at the very least make it optional. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could just ask people. 
do you want something or you know can you just carry it out can you have a reusable bag i mean supermarkets yeah. these days they're pushing it now we're all trained yeah. right to yeah. mostly most people are trained to bring their reusable or bags or like paper bags so you can yeah. do the same thing at a brewery they have easily makeable brandable little bags that you could use to do that mm. or you could do again going back to an example of treehouse it's better than plastic it's not perfect but they don't use any pack decks yeah they brew 44,000 barrels of beer last year and <laughs> no insane. pack techs. That's pretty meaningful. I mean, yeah. so they just use the cardboard boxes. You could get away with probably nothing if you're a smaller brewery. And again, if you told people why, they'd be cool. And you could have, if you wanted to, on hand, a bunch of reused, handed in pack techs from people. And if the person was like, yeah, I really need one, you just grab it off the shelf from your little stash of extra reusable ones yeah. you pop it on there but you never buy your own and you save a little money that way right, too your right. own pack decks and yeah. you and you're sort of planting the seed in the consumer's mind to think about it you're kind of training your consumer in yeah. a way yeah and yeah. and honestly i think though me or someone like that i it would blow my mind if i went in a place did like that yeah. i feel like this is awesome like and that for many of us would be a difference maker in terms of where am i going to buy my to-go beer like, I personally would do that. I would seek yeah. out places like that more often than not just because I know they have a similar value that I share. Mm. Yeah. And they're addressing it, so. Yeah. Um, what are some smaller breweries that you've seen? And you, you're, you're helping, I know, East Regiment right off the top of my head. You were, you're working with the team there um, to introduce some of these biodegradable or even that idea of why do you even really need these? Uh, what are some breweries that you see are doing this? Yeah, so there's we're almost up to 20, I think, now in New England, which wow. is pretty awesome. And there's probably 8 or 10 or so in Massachusetts, which is really cool. And a big part of that is this small mobile canning company out of New Hampshire called State 64. Yep, That's who Bone Up uses, I believe. Yeah. And that's, they started doing that with them. And he's so the founder there is great. He very much thinks the way we've been talking and so he sought this company out and said hey i'm not a brewery but i'm a canner and i could get a bunch of breweries to probably use this product could you sell me a pallet so he bought a whole pallet and it cost him a little bit of money because to buy a full pallet is not the cheapest thing right but because he bought the pallet it allows him to use that product for close to what it costs for a pack deck and again nothing's cheaper than plastic these days so it's hard to compete with them on cost. But he got it close enough that people were like, yeah, we can afford, a, we can afford a little yeah. bit extra. It's, it's meaningful. Yeah. It's a meaningful reason. So uh, let's see. The first one was Honest Weight out in Orange Mass. So cool. they started using them maybe three weeks or so ago. Redemption Rock in Worcester just did their first batch with them. Moon Hill did yep. uh, their first batch. They're the brand that's distributed Gardner. by Gardner yeah. Ale House. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Altruist Brewing, which is um, out in Sturbridge. They're using them now. I hadn't seen it yet, but you said maybe Bone Up. Yeah. This is a very that? new thing. Next week, yeah. they're going to start canning and sending out their beer. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. yep. Uh, East Regiment is doing it, and we um, they weren't sure. They were on the fence because, again, for some of the smaller breweries who pennies on yep. the dollar matter they were like hey, we're not sure and i said hey we'd come out and do some social media and <laughs> yep. i'm gonna write a blog by the way and right. we'd be happy to put you in that blog yep. with a little video and all and so they were like oh, yeah okay we'll take you up on that nice. and we'll try it and nice. so 
hopefully they'll keep going with it. Yep. A bunch of New Hampshire breweries are doing it. A couple of breweries in Vermont are doing it. Uh, a couple of breweries in Maine are doing it. One I have to give a shout out to, it's called NU Brewery. And they were the first in New England to start using cool. the product. They bought awesome. their own pallet themselves because wow. they have a small canning line. Uh, so they're doing some great sustainable stuff mm -hmm. there. Um, and there's a bunch of other Massachusetts breweries who are planning to. Gentilly Brewing, I know, is going to be. Cool. And he does it also at State 64. Uh, what's State, what's the, the brand? State, uh, the canning, the mobile canning. State 64. 64. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anybody whose beer they go and can for, he'll offer that to them. And so that's yeah. why that's been a really big factor in getting them because mm. Most breweries aren't going to be able to buy. It makes it a lot palette. easier to just be like, oh, for five cents more, whatever it is, sure, why not? Yeah. No hassle for them. How does Massachusetts stack up in respects to other states within New England and then beyond? Uh, I think we're doing pretty good. Maine seems to really be pretty solid. They've got some, I think, good older breweries who are sort of really leading the way, too. So Allagash is up there. They've been doing some... Pretty awesome things. Um, like I said, this NU brewery is in Maine. Um, Vermont, I'm sure, has some good stuff going on. I just don't know quite as much about them. Yeah. But some of them are also B Corp breweries, which... Alchemist that, is that doing helps. that. Like Alchemist. Um, yeah, and they have the whole water thing that you were talking about earlier. Right. It's pretty yeah. cool. And solar, they're like their whole water berry location is all solar, mm -hmm. I think, 100%. Yeah. And then their uh, stove is... a want to say it was 50%. I want to say they mentioned something like that, and they plan to be at 100% complete solar or something. Yeah, and that's that's awesome stuff. I mean, yeah, again, yeah. that's pretty meaningful. Yeah. And then national-wide, I'm sure that Massachusetts, do you know how we stack up nationally? Yeah, again, I think it's pretty similar to a lot of things in this realm of environmental sustainability. The West Coast is crushing it pretty well. Yeah. New England's doing pretty well. Colorado's... Pretty solid yeah. there. Uh, other parts of the country, it's kind of hit or miss. Um, I know in Florida, they have the brewery that sort of initiated the whole E6PR Eco Rings. They found this company, E6PR, and said, hey, we want to make a, a ring that's not made out of plastic. Because they were like, the founders were like a fisherman, they were dumping a them. surfer. Yeah, yeah. And they were yeah. like, this is really upsetting to us because we see the plastic in the ocean. Like, we we're actually in the ocean yeah. all the time as a recreational pursuit so they got them to start it and then a few other florida breweries have done it there's another brewery in north carolina called um, salty turtle brewing who does it there's some really cool stuff going on in california another shout out i'd be remiss if i didn't mention pure <laughs> project brewing in san diego i've heard of them yeah some absolutely amazing really solid commitments and efforts to do everything they can do it's it's pretty cool to to chat with them about the stuff they're doing in their tap room yeah in five years' time, we've, we're going to see the craft beer scene even grow even further and hopefully yep. see the death of hazy IPAs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but where do you hope to see the Massachusetts beer scene uh, sustainability-wise? You know? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see almost every brewery really make a considered effort to cut down on as much plastic as they can. So the consumer-facing situation is the packaging, the pack text. That's the one that everybody sees and is talking about now. But there's a lot of other plastic waste within the industry, too. Um, I had a chance to sit down with um, Castle Island Brewing 
just last week and chat with them because they were like, hey, we see that you've been really doing a lot of environmental sustainability stuff lately. We've been thinking about that too. We don't really know where to start. We'd love to have you come in and just chat with us and brainstorm. And so I was learning more too about behind the scenes, like mm -hmm. how does all that work? And to be honest, the distribution is the big challenge because they have to do what the distributors tell them to do in order to get their product to places to sell it. And there's, you know, there's a fair amount of plastic waste going on there. So I'd love to see some real thought and improvements there in the packaging part of it. Now, would you argue that distribution is the number one negative impact to the environment? Because to distribute a product, you need a, a vehicle. The vehicle runs on gasoline, which we all know the story, but, you know, is distribution, you know, tier one and then the plastic is, you know, tier two and... Yeah, I mean, obviously tier one is the actual production of the beer, but I don't think we, we want to go there yeah. because then we can't have beer, which right. would be kind of absurd. And you can't just stop making products. That isn't going to really... <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> or happen. Yeah. But aside from that, so, you know, thinking about can you make the production process better by... Some of the things we mentioned by using more renewable energy in that process. And then from there, yeah, I think it is distribution. So think about that. In order to distribute your beer, rather than just put it in a reusable keg, which is a pretty sustainable method, right? If you're selling it on tap at no local restaurants and bars and things, or even better in your own tap room where you're making the best margins anyways, the best profit margins. Once you start distributing, it gets really tough because, like you said, there's transportation. You've got all that aluminum that is being used to, you know, package the beer. Then you've got the plastic pack that's on top of it. Then they put it on pallets and they wrap that up with plastic in order to get it there safely. So, again, it's kind of bad news for the consumer because it's like, oh, man, anytime I buy a beer that was packaged... I've been contributing to this sort of thing. So going to the tap room, honestly, and drinking the beer right on premise is the best thing you could do from an environmental standpoint. And frankly, I think brewers would love that because they can make the most profit margin that way anyways. Or a reusable growler maybe is the next best thing. Hmm. People will continually say, though, the can is the most sustainable for consumption. It's We're reusable, it's recyclable. Right. Not reusable, I shouldn't say, but it's recyclable. It's recyclable, <laughs> but the growler. Do you see, as people become more you know, environmentally conscious, the growler making more of a return, or do you think the growler's heyday is kind of... I would love to see the growler make a return. So if you're going to package something, the best possible scenario is it's a reusable or a refillable thing. But uh, it doesn't seem like we're heading in that direction. I don't see a lot of breweries... Um, doing that and the reason they're not really doing too much of that is because there's not a lot of consumers that are clamoring for that yeah. and it's a whole again it's a different discussion but the laws that we have around using growlers in the state are certainly not they're helping. antiquated yeah yeah, yeah and that law. just makes it hard yeah. it makes it really hard i mean who wants to have a 50 or 60 can Different or growlers. collection in your basement. <laughs> You're like, oh crap! I didn't bring the right ones. It's just, it gets really yeah. complicated. So that stinks. It would Cans, be bad for you guys because you guys have been to all 204 breweries too. So you need quite <laughs> yes. a bit. Yeah. Cans are yes, though. After reusable growler, cans would be the best. And part of the reason for that is that cans are very highly recyclable and very easily recyclable. 
you toss the can in your recycling bin, you can almost guarantee that that's going to get recycled, which is great. The same can't be said for glass bottles anymore, and it certainly can't be said for the vast majority of plastic things like Pactex and whatnot. Yep. Those are just not really getting recycled. With the rising cost of aluminum in the United States and the accessibility of getting aluminum for brewers as the market grows, you don't think that there'll be a push to go to glass or... You think they'll just pump out more? I'll, I can't. I'll, I can't imagine it. Cans will get more expensive. <laughs> yeah, unless they get crazily expensive, I don't think it. It's going to change anything. It's such, such a big thing right now in in the consumer's mind. Right, we're just so trained for cans. We are in love with the way they look. As we were saying earlier, the yeah. artwork is so much better on a can. Yeah, yeah. On a bottle, it's so much more. It's more sexy. Portable. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's more portable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From a um not just from the consumer standpoint, but also from the distributor standpoint. So much easier to stack cans than bottles. There's a lot less worry about breakage. Uh, I, I the just, beer's probably better in a can as well compared yeah, to bottles. That stuff's all arguable and True. frankly I have yeah. no opinion and I'll be honest. Okay. Most of us have sort of average palates, and if I poured a beer out of a can or a bottle, there's like one people out of a hundred who could tell you that one came from a bottle. It's just so that kind of stuff. And that person might have gotten a lucky guess. Right, right, right. Um, Not to go back to growlers, but I will say blank growlers are huge. You know, Massachusetts, you can get a blank growler and fill it up anywhere. I would highly recommend doing that. Go to your homebrew homebrew shop and get one. Um, you can feel it anywhere you want. I, I honestly have like a couple I leave in my car all the time. So if I stop at a brewery, I love a beer. I just go to my car, grab my growler and get it filled. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And it's a really cool, fun and sort of novel thing to do when you're going to a gathering or a party too. Right. You're the one that shows right. up at the growler like, oh, cool. What, uh, what? Or exactly. People don't even know what it is. But. Right, right. Because it's blank. You're just kind of a surprise <laughs> beer. And you could go a step further even get like a craft master growler, right? With a CO2 cartridge on it as well. Yeah, if you wanted to yeah. go the next step. Yeah, the <laughs> crazy step. Um, you, we mentioned smaller scale breweries that are kind of doing it, but you mentioned Treehouse earlier. Um, it sounds like Castle Island's moving in that direction. Um, who's who's the next one, or who are other ones of note that you see are doing that? Yeah, so I was thinking about this today. A few other places that are doing some cool stuff is if you go way out into western Massachusetts, into the Berkshires, actually. Um, they don't sometimes like to be called western Massachusetts. <laughs> so if you go out to the Berkshires, <laughs> to uh, Barrington Brewery, yep. uh, for like two decades now, they've been doing some cool stuff there. They get the vast majority of their energy from solar power. Very cool. Yep. Definitely and, seen that more and more often. Yeah, and they but they've been doing it like... You know, before anybody else was thinking about it, which makes it that much cooler. (laughs) So they've been making an impact for a couple of decades. And they also do some really good stuff. Again, before a lot of people were thinking about it, they were recycling a lot of their restaurant because they're a brew pub also. Well, I take it back. Technically, they're not a brew pub. Massachusetts (laughs) has some crazy laws around this, too. They were a brewery with a restaurant. (laughs) Gotcha. Um, But they've been doing some really cool stuff about reducing their waste, making sure that stuff that comes off the table when it can be recycled goes into that stream and... When it can't, uh, you know, goes in the, the landfill, but they think about that a lot. Another one that I didn't quite know so much about, but I looked today because I was curious. Have, have you ever been up to Riverwalk Brewing recently? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 So the, the new wind. spot. Exactly. Yeah, they have the, exactly. the wind turbine, yeah. So the new yeah. spot, the new building that they moved into has a wind yeah. turbine that provides 
like 40% of the energy for the uh, um, energy for that whole building. And they also, on top, you can't see it, but if you look at the pictures on their website, they have all yep. these solar panels on Very top. cool. So they're getting, like, literally, if not 100%, like, close to 100% of their energy from renewable resources, which is That's another huge. really cool thing. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah, and I do like what we're I, I I think it's cool, and it's yeah. cool because they're very local to us. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about that when we were first discussing about doing something like this. Like they, you did mention, you know, yeah, yeah, they're they're doing some pretty cool things, and I mean, they've been there for uh, three something years now. Um, the new location, yeah, the yeah. new location. It, it's huge change. Yeah. yeah. One other little one that's interesting that a bunch of people are doing, which is really good. And again, this would be something that if a smaller or newer brewery was doing, this would be like your low hanging fruit. Or the first thing would be like, <laughs> what are you doing with your spent grains? Because if you're True. just sending that to landfill, yeah. that sucks. But farms, yeah. 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 You can yeah. usually find a farm that will take it and either use it for feed for, I've heard, um, not just cows, but um, pigs, but also even chickens will use that. Yeah. And you can compost that in the soil to help make your soil more fertile to be able to grow your vegetables and whatever. And if there's any brewers that aren't doing that, please hit me up at DM because I'm a gardener <laughs> and I would like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know East Regiment does it. Um, that's where all those a bins lot come of breweries from, I think are. And if yeah. they aren't, come on, <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah, no, like, yeah honestly, you know? they, they so, really should be. And yeah. to that extent, if you're a cook. You could also get some of those spent grains because that's another cool use for them. Yeah. Is some places are making like dog treats or mm-hmm. or even yes. bread. I know or, um, yeah. Brado yeah. does that with their bread. They make yeah. spent grain make bread. bread. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if you've had them or not yet, but um, there's the Brewers crackers. Yes. They're amazing, and by the way. Those are all made from spent totally grains recommend. from some breweries. So yeah. that's another really cool, easy thing that people could do to try to. Yeah, it's make a difference. No, the crackers are really good. <laughs> the crackers so. are really you can't, you good. Can't eat, you can't eat the, uh, the, the, the paper caps on the cans. So, what I mean, you it? could. What are you talking I about? I don't know what he's the talking The reusable, about. compostable things. Oh, 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 about? oh, yeah, yeah. He's talking about I the, the pack, tag, the pack cap replacements. Yes. Uh-huh. You can't eat those. So I mean, the, you could, but. So the eco rings yeah. are, in theory, they're edible, but they're not. They have no nutritional value, and they're certainly not tasty. And that's true for animals, too. So early on when they did that whole um, PR campaign, they made the mistake of sort of saying, hey, and they're edible for sea life. <laughs> yeah, because they were saying you could throw I them in the water. Say, yes, I, I was going to ask about that. Hearing yeah. about that. And environmental people were like, whoa, <laughs> no. Yeah. That's These not t- what they should be eating, yeah. and don't be throwing that stuff in the in the ocean. So they quickly okay. said, ooh, that that's was a mistake, and probably stopped why we haven't seen promoting that. <laughs> I saw somebody, a Facebook post or a Twitter post, who was it? It was Craft Beer Cellar, one of the Craft Beer Cellar locations. Yep. They just got their first shipment from Honest Weight, who had the things. Exactly. And one of the guy had it. taken a, a bite out of it. One of the uh, <laughs> one of the beer sellers there had taken a bite out of it, and they were like sort of playing on that. <laughs> really that, gosh, they're, yeah. that they're, oh, nice. and they're actually edible. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Yeah, man. You could eat it. Tomorrow. I don't know if you'd be edible. <laughs> so, how do we as consumers, consumers, yeah. and I mean people who people listen, people read Mass Brew Bros, people listen to Brewers podcast. How do we as and I hate the word influencers. We try not to be influencers, um, but try to get sustainability to be sexy, right? We get we have cans that are sexier bottles, right? Right. You know what? Are, what? Are, what do we do as people? You know. To get that into the mainstream. 
I'm not sure I can suggest what to do to be sexy, <laughs> but but um, I mean to get this movement in the right direction. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I would say the if it matters to you, the first thing you can do is start thinking about it and start realizing that you're a consumer. Your opinion has some weight, especially if other people start sharing that opinion. So yeah. you can do social media stuff. You can be really cool and just ask the person at the place that you're buying your beer from about different things. So just to use the packaging, you could refuse, and I've done this, you could just refuse the pack tech. The last time I bought cans, this is going back probably six months now, last time I bought cans at Trillium, I bought a couple four packs and I pulled the pack techs right off. I handed them back to the guy and I said, yeah, I said, these aren't really recyclable. I said, you can reuse these hopefully. And I just put them in another reusable bag that I brought. They're still using pack techs, but it made a statement. So the more people that do that kind of stuff, the more breweries might be thinking, hmm, maybe we don't necessarily have to yeah. do these. And again, go into the brewery and, and drink there more often and post about it when you're doing that. And, and I don't know. I mean, I don't think you're ever going to stop some people from you doing know, cans yeah, and things. But if it matters sure. to you and more people think about it and, and do things, then the breweries will hopefully do what they can do to make it better. There was a time in in beer history where bottles and 750s were leading the charge and 750s aren't around anymore. So <laughs> if we can change that that trend, I hope we can change this one. Yes. Um, uh, Rob, anything else that you want to mention, you know, more about what you're doing tonight? or uh, Maybe just a quick plug would be, again, if people are interested in this kind of stuff, um, you could follow me separately from Mass Brew Bros because... But also Brew follow Mass Brew Bros. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mass yeah. Brew Bros. is cool <laughs> if you care about all things crap beer, especially in Massachusetts. But um, I don't want to inundate people with too much of the eco-friendly stuff. So I'm doing a sort of a separate entity for that. So if people are really into this idea and this issue, you could follow me at um, Eco-Friendly Beer Drinker, where I also have a Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter account there. And I'm going to exclusively post stuff about what you can do as a consumer and what some breweries are doing that's really cool that's you know sustainability focused yeah well you'll definitely see reshares from us so yeah for <laughs> sure. we're very excited to you know hopefully partner up in the future to get some uh of this state at least moving in the right direction because i think we see a lot of our favorite breweries moving in that direction and we'd like to see some more of them yeah agreed me definitely too. Yeah. definitely cool so, Erica, do you have any uh, Pink Boots news while we wrap yeah, this we up? Yeah, we can wrap this up with some just event news in general. And it um, goes in the same and vein. And it kind of goes in the same vein, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so Pink Boots news, March 8th is International Women's Day, and mm -hmm. breweries all over the world, mostly in the United States, I feel like, but all over the world as well, um, will be brewing a beer that day, if not beforehand. We've already seen multiple breweries in Massachusetts and New England brewing beers that will be probably ready to be on tap on the 8th. My liver's not ready, but it is also oh ready God, at the same so time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah breweries just have a brew day for the women in the beer industry. Um, they make a special beer using the Pink Boots hop blend that's sold every year. They make a new hop blend every year. It's really pretty cool. Yakima Valley, right? Yeah, usually it's yep, Yakima yep. Valley, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check that out. Go to the actual brewery and have a glass of it. Usually it's not in cans anyway, so... Yep. You're going to have to search the breweries out and try a beer. Yeah. And like Rob's mentioned again, and we try to mention it is if you want to help support not only Pink Boots and the, and the brewers, and you've heard countless times in our past episodes, you know, we have 
friends in the industry who are, are teachers, engineers, stay-at-home parents. Yeah. Fighting to get their dream and, you know, they make the most margin yeah. in the brewery when you're at themselves. The brewery. This is a way to help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we hear countless times distribution is like a necessary evil sometimes, but if they could sell all the beer in the tap room, I think the majority so of our friends out there would help out. Yeah, go support the pink. Boot. <laughs> the pink boots beers are always good. Exactly, and, I always and find supports myself... a good thing. You know, you're supporting yeah. women in beer, and again, like you were saying, you're supporting the brewery itself yeah. by going yeah, to this space. Part of that money, it's like at least a dollar per pint or something Usually, goes yeah. straight to the Pink Boots Society, and they use that money to give scholarships to women in the industry to go and do some pretty awesome trainings yeah. and different things around the world. So yeah. it's really, really cool. Yeah. Cool. And our very own Erica got to take advantage of one of those I as did. well. So. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So yeah. thank you guys for drinking Pink Boots beer. No problem. <laughs> I know I have no problem drinking Pink Boots beer. Um, but what's going on in Massachusetts in general? I believe March 6th to the 13th or so is Mass Beer Week. Yep, so Mass Beer Week is coming up. Um, so we'll be kicking it off with a pretty cool blind beer festival, which uh, we're pretty stoked about, sort of a... It's not technically the first of its kind. Somebody else has actually done it, which we didn't know, but somebody in, I think it was Minnesota, has actually done it. Darn it. Um, <laughs> but it was the first count. time we had heard <laughs> yeah. of it, so people are pretty yeah. excited about that. And then there's a whole bunch of other really cool events, um, just some basic general stuff like really cool beer collaborations. For example, I think um, sometimes they do these really awesome faraway collaborations, I think. Amherst Brewing, for example, was just down on the South Shore, I think maybe at Stellwagen or something. Okay. So mm. they're doing a cool collaboration cool. and some other really great collaborations. There's yeah. also other just really neat, interesting events. I mean, things like there's a home brewing contest at Barrel House Z, which is pretty nice. awesome. If you win that, you get to actually have that beer brewed commercially by them and Whoa! That's submissions pretty, due that's March first. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up. And there's some other really fun stuff. They do like a, a hockey game where some yeah. of the very industry people I'm are very excited about that. It. And they do curling. They do I, we I saw we were questioning about that. About that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. That's really neat. Bob <laughs> went out to that last year. Um, Wachusett sort of hosts and does that. Yeah. It's like this curling club that's up there in that part of the state that I don't even know the name of the town. And, yeah, <laughs> it's all right. I should. I feel bad. It's area. in the Bear sh- Berkshires, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's where dragons yeah. live. Not quite that no, far. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be really fun. And there's all sorts of other things, beer dinners, and some other fun stuff happening yeah. too. So yeah, check out what is it? Mass Beer Week. They have a Facebook page. Yeah, you could check out the Mass Beer Week Facebook page. Mass um, Brew Bros. Have you can also <laughs> check yeah. out our calendar. Exactly. We have a pretty cool yeah. calendar, and yep. Bob has put a bunch of that stuff on there as well. Yep. And so, yeah. Just go out and support mass breweries, especially yeah. at their tap rooms. Seriously, and uh, and I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and and actually just really doing all that you guys do for the mass beer scene. Um, I know it's the breweries that make the awesome products, and and without them, there'd be no brewers, <laughs> there'd be no mass brew bros. But seriously, like you shared our event, we and we appreciate it, we and, and you share. Sure. You know, it doesn't matter if there's three followers or if there's thirty thousand followers. You share an event and awesome people to even just see at the brewery and share a pint with and you'll always see them because they have awesome swag that i'm jealous they of. do so, they have yeah. really cool swag uh, so you'll yeah. see them out there yes i'm sure you don't mind people saying hi so. no definitely yeah that's always part of the big fun of it for us was when we used to go out way way back in the day we had these stupid my wife used to call them auto mechanic shirts yep they were like our drinking club <laughs> shirts with our little names and patches on them and 
more people would come up to us and say, hey, guys, hi, what's going on? Who are the brew bros? Like, yeah. They thought we were somebody important or something. We used to, sometimes <laughs> we'd be at a festival and they'd be like, oh, come on through this, guys. You know, here's the industry entrance. And it was, yeah. it was pretty crazy. But yeah. we still love that part of it is just meeting new people and, and socializing. That was really the main onus for us at the beginning. So yeah. it's, it's still there. And if you Very aren't cool. following Mass Brew Bros um, and you're not even from the area, do follow them just because... They'll tell you when some things are getting released. So if you do beer trading or whatever <laughs> or something yeah. like that, like <laughs> you might be able to find out some things uh, and, and, and just staying up to date with what we think is the best state in the whole country for beer. And you guys can be jealous of it. Where exactly. can we where can we locate you guys on social media? Yeah. So we've got the website. It's just massbrewbros.com. And then our handle on all three of the other social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Same thing. It's just massbrewbros. So. Cool. Easy enough. So make sure you go follow them. But uh, we have an awesome episode for you guys next week. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. Because, Are you? Yeah. You know why? <laughs> it's because I like the episodes that we do that aren't beer. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, the cider like, one was super cool. It was. You had this great non-alcoholic drink there, yeah. which was amazing. Oh, it was so good. It so, was... like, check it out. It's yes. going to be a great episode. So we interviewed Stowe Cider. Sorry, Ryan. I was just going to say, just make sure you strap in, buckle in, because it was a fast, rapid firing. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. my goodness. We were done so fast. We literally just sat there like, it was down to do business. we have more questions? <laughs> I don't know. We hit I think them all. We're done. Like, we were like holding on because like, we would ask and he would be on it. So yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it was awesome. So uh, make sure to check out our episode next week on Stow Cider because they are also environmentally conscious with everything that they do. For sure. And he does talk about that a little bit. Yep. But um, big shout out to Rob from Mass Brew Rose for coming on the episode this week. Thank you Make very much. sure you go and follow them. And then also, if you like what you heard today, share this episode with your friend, your neighbor, your mom, the your world. dad, your dog, whoever. Because believe it or not, rate and subscribes help, but word of mouth helps more. Exactly. And I think the moral of this episode is be responsible with your beer. Properly throw it away. Don't be a jerk and throw it in the ocean if you, during the summer. Recycle. And if you're skiing, don't throw it in the snow. I saw an awful post the other day where these guys were throwing beer Rude. in the snow. It's not the, it's not the mountain's responsibility to clean it up. It's your responsibility. And second of all, go to the damn breweries and support the brewers. Exactly. And we'll catch you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.